Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Monday the 14th of October. Coming up, Ashford paedophile killed in prison. Richard Hackle groomed those children and he groomed them to a point that he was certain that no matter what he did to them, they would not tell their parents of the abuse that they were suffering from him. Domestic abuse victim speaks out. Two women a week are still killed, unfortunately, in this country. And I think it's something that we all need to be talking about. And cash boost for Veterans Village. It really has put the momentum into our campaign. And it's specifically for our 24-bedded assisted living home. Kent Online News. It's understood a Kent man who was one of Britain's most prolific paedophiles Files has been stabbed to death in his prison cell. Richard Huckle from Ashford was found dead at HMP Full Sutton yesterday. He was handed 22 life sentences in 2016 for abusing up to 200 children while working in Asia. James Trainer from the National Crime Agency spoke to us at the time about their investigation. You might find some of these details disturbing. In 2014, one of our international law enforcement partners contacted my team and told us of a man that was online posting indecent images of children. Now this man was saying to a paedophile community that he was abusing those children. We looked at those posts, we looked at the images that were being posted and we agreed with that law enforcement agency that the man was from the UK. As a result of that information we started an investigation in order to identify this male, identify the children that he was abusing and identified the location of where the abuse was taking place. He was raping children and he was sexually abusing children as young as six months old. We had to move quickly uh, and we had to safeguard those children and protect them from further abuse. So as a result of monitoring his posts that he was making on paedophile forums and monitoring his posts that he was making on social networks and also looking at the scientific way in which those images we put together, we painstakingly analyse minute detail of what he was saying and the photographs he was taking and as a result of that we found that the location of the abuse was happening in Malaysia. Richard Huckle groomed those children and he groomed them to a point that he was certain that no matter what he did to them they would not tell their parents of the abuse that they were suffering from him. So once we were certain that our offender was Richard Huckle and we knew where those children were we had to safeguard them quickly. We moved the investigation up to the point where we used British law to deal with the British fender who was offending against children abroad. Richard Huckle was arrested in 2014 by the National Crime Agency. When he was arrested, we analysed the digital media that he was in possession of and we found over 20,000 indecent images of children where he had captured the rape and sexual abuse of many, many children that he had abused from Malaysia and Cambodia. Richard Huckle was a predatory paedophile who based his whole life around the sexual abuse of children, around the grooming of adults in order to gain access to their children. Richard Huckle was so confident that he wouldn't get caught for his actions that he produced a 60-page manual that he was planning on publishing online in order to tell other paedophiles about how not to get caught for the sexual abuse of children in a foreign country. The evidence which the NCA produced in this case was so strong that Huckle had no choice 
but to plead guilty to the charges that were brought against him. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere today, a teenage boy accused of murdering a man when violence broke out in Maidstone has appeared in court. Andre Bent was stabbed during a night out in the town in August. The 16-year-old didn't enter a plea and is due back in court next month. Nine others accused of violent disorder had also been due to appear via video link but didn't as more time was needed to assess evidence. A man's appeared before magistrates accused of murdering a man in Margate. Police were called to Sandhurst Place in the early hours of Saturday after 44-year-old Mark Miles was reportedly attacked with a broken bottle. 23-year-old Richard McCauley from Northdown Road in Cliftonville is due at Crown Court on Wednesday. A Kent woman who's been the victim of domestic abuse has told Kent Online there needs to be more awareness of the issue. Figures show last year an estimated 2 million adults across the UK experienced violence in their home. We've spoken to one of them who now works with the Oasis Domestic Abuser Service in Thanet. Initially I sought help from the police and they put me onto Oasis. The police will often refer to an organisation like Curse and they kind of picked everything up and they ch- turned my life around. And of course, you know, I don't know if mm. you know, the uh, Canterbury MP Rosie Duffield spoke out in the House of Commons last week about yeah. her experiences and kind of giving women the confidence to speak up. Having the yeah. platform of, of the House of Commons, how nice was that for you guys to have such a big platform to put this issue out there? Well, anything that raises a profile or brings it into the light um, is a good thing for us because I think that you know two women a week are still killed unfortunately in this country and I think it's something that we all need to be talking about. So just in Um, terms of what you know you kind of expect um, authorities to do do you think that the government needs to be doing more? I mean how do you think we can actually raise this awareness and tackle this issue? I think that more could be done but obviously there's only so many resources out there at the moment, um, but yeah, sorry. I think I think it's just educating children. I think if we could start with when people are very young and educate the children, then I think that that will make a massive difference. Do you think also as yeah. well about friends and family being able to spot the signs that maybe one of their colleagues yeah. or one of their friends is is suffering with this? Yeah, I think that's really important. But I think a woman will only leave when she's ready to leave. And it does take some women quite a few times to, to leave. And I think that's where Oasis is good because they don't judge somebody for not leaving a situation because it's far more complex than um, people can imagine. And in terms of, you know, did you have kind of friends and family to help support you or did you... Did you um, well, often when you come into refuge, you leave your home, you leave your family, you leave your children's schools, pets, and, you know, you leave everything. So it's, it's a really traumatic process. So, um, but these guys step in and they really do the world of good. But throughout the kind of process where you were suffering the abuse, did, yeah. you, did, did any of your friends or family kind of spot that as well and try and help? Or, or? Um, not really, because I wasn't living close to family. So um, it was something that I eventually did something about myself. But yeah, once Oasis got involved, they turned everything around. And so just finally, yeah. if there are any women who are to have the misfortunes kind of be going through what you went through and are, and are watching this, what, what, what message would you give to them? Get in touch with the organisation. There's the domestic... Um, National Domestic Violence Helpline or you can get in touch with a 
specialist organisation directly, but just get in touch with somebody and talk about it. Kent Online News. The government has confirmed Operation Brock will go live on the M20 in Kent just three days before Brexit. The contraflow system, which has a 50 mile per hour limit between Maidstone and Ashford, is to keep traffic flowing if there's disruption at the port of Dover in the event of a no deal. It means hauliers will need to follow Operation Brock routes and show they have the right paperwork before reaching the border. A man's been taken to hospital and treated for head injuries after being attacked in Tunbridge. He was walking along Quarry Hill Road with another man and woman when it happened just over a week ago. The victim's friends was also punched and the woman's bag was stolen. Police are searching for three suspects who ran off along Priory Road. Uber could be banned from Medway following a decision by council bosses. At a big meeting, they unanimously agreed to take legal action against the company to try and stop it from operating in the towns under its Greater London licence. It's something Medway taxi drivers have been calling for. Harry's been speaking to some of them. The fact is that they're, they're pinching our work. They shouldn't be here. They're unlicensed to be here. Uh, and there's a big safety issue for our, our members out that live, that live here. Mark, what's your, what's your thought? Well, to be honest with you, it's, licensing is there for a reason and it's there for, predominantly for public safety, um, yes. for, for control and regulation. Uh, Nubo are categorically breaking that within Medway. Um, we are so proud with what happened and so unanimously um, impressed with the way Medway Council have dealt with this, uh, the way Council and McDonald has taken this on board. And, and we are we're static to the fact that we're in a position now to uh, move this forward towards a call. How widespread of an issue is it at the moment? What kind of things are they doing that's one, I guess, giving safety concerns as well as those business concerns? Well, I don't know, you know, if you talk about it, just the safety concerns. Medway taxi drivers have to go through quite a procedure to get themselves on the road. Uber drivers don't have to do anything. They can abuse any rules and regulations that we have to operate by. Mm. We don't know if they're insured, we don't know who they are. No, it's a major concern from our taxi drivers on the health and the safety of the general public. And I just endorse what Nigel said. We are so grateful for Medway Council to take this on board and work with us to rectify this huge problem. And of course, we've got one particular council that's really been working hard for us. What's your views now on you know what the future of Uber, Uber is now in, in Medway. Oh well, I hope the future is zero, but we've yeah, we've got go, we've got uh, we've got things to go on yet to find out where we go from. There are meetings we're going on uh, as we say like, at this moment in time to rectify this problem. Absolutely. I mean, Uber have been breaking this particular law throughout the whole country, so this is not an isolated problem with Medway. Um, no. Medway Council, uh, I'm quite proud of, of, of taking this by the horns and are prepared to fight for the local drivers, but not just the local drivers, nationwide. This will yeah. set a precedent. The taxi drivers have had support from Councillor Dan McDonald, who's also been chatting to Harry. Where does this now potentially put the future of not just Uber but also these guys. Following the motion, a significant motion, a groundbreaking motion, uh, the first one in the country, um, there is only one place to go for the MOTDA and for Medway Council and that's to call. That's what we would be doing, going to call and fighting Uber. We had full cross-party support for this. It just shows uh, we had over 100 drivers in that audience. It was amazing to see, and that, and that is what real politics is. Real politics is to make decisions for the people that we serve, and, they, and then people are our community. Of course, I'm sure there'll be 
some people that might be upset at the, at the view that Uber may no longer be in Medway at some point in the future. You think particularly some of the students over at the university, for instance, who's just, you know, it's easy to get on Uber and do that kind of thing. Um, they're just trying to do their job as well? They are just trying to do their job, but they're also treated badly. Uber drivers are treated appallingly by Uber. And the one thing I would say to people is when they, when they criticise me for, 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 for taking this stance is that at the end of the day, you've got a, a, a company that are not playing by the rules. So we have drivers here that have to go through uh, rigorous rules to, to become a taxi driver. Um, Uber do not play by the rules. And the one thing I would say is I don't care what people say to me about banning Uber. If I can save one person, we've had many attacks in the back of Uber vehicles in, in London and in other places in the UK and as far as I'm concerned the safety of our residents is the number one priority. So people can carry on criticising, it will not stop me taking the fight to call. Kent Online reports. Police are investigating after graves were vandalised at a Jewish cemetery in Medway. Officers were called to the Chatham Memorial Synagogue in Rochester High Street last Tuesday after headstones were damaged. It's thought to have happened over the previous weekend, just before the Jewish holy day of Yom Kippur. Meantime, as we mark Hate Crime Awareness Week, more than 30 organisations in Medway are joining forces to try and tackle the problem. They've put on a Stop the Hate event in Gillingham to show how communities can work together. Louisa has been finding out more from Safir Khan, who's the imam at the Nasir Mosque in the town. Our mosque and our community is part of the um, hate crime reporting hub. So throughout the Medway area, we have uh, several um, uh, centres where people uh, within the community or outside the community can come and report a hate crime if they have uh, witnessed something that they feel uh, was derogatory or hate towards them, then they can report it and then we then report it forward to the police, Kent Police. So this has been initiated by the Community Liaison uh, Department, the Community Liaison Officer Bobby Mahay, and uh, he's, uh, he's sort of you know, collected all these communities and joined them together and I'm just helping um, him organizing this um, in terms of, you know, getting the awareness out and get as many people as possible to join and condemn all forms of hate uh, towards um, any uh, person whether they are from a different background, from a different race, from a different ethnicity, different community. So you mentioned it before about um, your mosque being one of the report hubs. Is it something that you've seen an increase in reports recently? I mean, hate crime is, is something that is unfortunately on the increase. Um, talking about um, Islam as being from a Muslim background, being an imam myself, unfortunately in the UK and also in other European countries, we have seen a rapid increase uh, in Islamophobia. So likewise, there is an increase in other types of, uh, you know, hatred as well towards um, people from African communities, blacks, um, people from different other communities have also, you know, seen. So it's, it's a problem, it's a um, challenge that we face as a society and with Brexit issues as well going on, there is also um, a rise in, in hate crime uh, related to Brexit as well. So there are so many challenges in today's society and I think as um, as members of the society, we should come together. Kent Online News. A 33-year-old man's been arrested after someone smashed the windscreen of a bus and climbed onto a car bonnet near Canterbury. A number of vehicles on Island Road in Sturry were damaged on Saturday evening. Police are keen to speak to members of the public who recorded what happened. There's a warning of flooding in Kent as heavy rain falls across the county. Forecasters have issued a yellow warning, which is in force until midnight. 
tonight. The Met Office say 15 to 25 millimetres is likely to fall, but it could reach up to 60 millimetres in some places, which could cause some travel disruption. A housing development for veterans and their families near Maidstone is one step closer to being built, following a £2 million donation from Greenwich Hospital. The Royal British Legion Industries have plans to build a centenary village in Aylesford. Lisa Farmer is Director of Strategic Development to the charity. At RBLI, we are investing £22 million in new facilities for vulnerable veterans and their families and this includes um, 22 specially adapted apartments, 16 family homes, 24 assisted living apartments and a community centre which is at the heart. 8 million of that 22 million is invested in services for older people, um, uh, people with care needs, people who want to fulfil their life and also people who are entering into a a time that for them they need extra support and care from top services. It's very significant. It really has put the momentum into our campaign and it's specifically for our 24-bedded assisted living home, which will be called Greenwich House. We're very collaborative. We work with all of the military sector charities and we've been building this relationship with Greenwich over the last four or five years. Um, We've had support from them before in terms of helping our veterans back into work through our um, LifeWorks programme, which is one of the UK's best employability programmes. And then natural, the partnership has grown and built. And now that they can see the work that we do and the impact it's making on veterans, they know that this two million will help their beneficiary group for the next hundred years. The people that we're helping are the most vulnerable. They're people who have lost everything. They're they're not sure where they're going into their next stage of their life after leaving the military. And we are making such an impact through all of our stepping model and our LifeWorks programme that many of the veterans we're helping are coming here when they need us and then are moving on to have a very successful second career and second life. The And those for those veterans who are coming at an older stage um, where they won't go on to work and they won't go on to leave. The village is very, very intergenerational. It's it's a, a vibrant community. It's not all veterans. It's a mixture and they're fulfilling their life and living longer. So we've done really well and we've raised 16 and a half million of that 22 we still have five and a half to go so there's no resting on our laurels and we are continuing to find organizations and individuals and 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 companies trusts and foundations who have an interest in helping our veterans who have an interest in helping people with disability and it will be those that we will be approaching to say come on, let's get this £22 million campaign finished, let's get all of these facilities up and let's start making the impact that we're here to do. We would love to have all the income in by the end of next year, 2020, but uh, as ever with these things, you have to build the momentum and you have to um, get people here to visit. Come and look, come and see what we're doing, come and see the impact we're making. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham are starting the week 15th in the League One table following a draw against Portsmouth. The Jules were unable to find the back of the net at Fratton Park on Saturday and the game finished 0-0. Boss Steve Evans gave us his reaction after the match. I thought defensively in terms of our shape and how we played, it was, it was a magnificent uh, performance defensively. 
And that, before people jump to conclusions, that doesn't mean they'd hold the ball, but they had nothing to do when they had the ball. There's nowhere to go. And uh, we said to the boys, we started working after Oxford on a particular style and a particular shape in terms of out of possession. I think they took it on board. And um, apart from one header, which is from a set play, if there's a, if there's a disappointment in that shape, is did we give them too many fills? I think the referee gave them too many little free kicks to, in good areas where they could put it in and use the strength and their height advantage. From an attacking point of view, when we got in good areas, we just took an extra touch or ran into an extra body. But um, yeah, at least worthy of a point. I think my back four, but outstanding, my goalkeeper had made some saves that he should save, but he saved them. And, um, and we worked in incredibly hard. But, you know, a, a good performance, a good away type performance, not a home type performance, but a good away type performance. I think we had a best spell probably three quarters of the way through the match when we had a little period where we were attacking their goal and we got ourselves in good areas and the Joss fans were on their feet, weren't they? They were, you know, I think they're anticipating a goal. We certainly were when we got in that front foot. But um, but they've they've travelled up and down the country and they've been, they've been outstanding. Gillingham are travelling to Peterborough United for their next league game this weekend. And finally today, a pub near Canterbury has started selling Kentucky Fried Squirrel. The Red Lion in Stodmarsh has a number of unusual dishes on its menu, including foraged plants, fermented fruit and wood ants. You can find out what our reporter thought when he tried it by reading the review online. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.